Hello and welcome to episode 77 of the Film Yak Podcast. I'm John. I'm Kevin. And I'm JR. Today we're here to talk about my pick, one of my top 50 movies of all time. Will it be after this episode, though? Yeah, it will be. Uh, <laughs> the World's Greatest Sinner, directed by and starring Timothy Carey. Just a mountain of a man. Um, we'll also be talking about other stuff we watched. No trailers, because all the trailers are bullshit this week. Including Candyman. How are you guys doing? Doing good. <laughs> <laughs> so full of shit. Now, I guess we were going to talk about this off the air, but we're already recording now. JR is going to not be with us the next few episodes. Eh? That's true. And I've got my pick all planned out anyway, and I'm pretty mad about it. So your pick is going to be when you come back then. Yes? <laughs> I guess. I mean, unless you want us to discuss your pick without you. <laughs> We can. If I were to do that, I would make the pick more punishing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I've got um, at least two people semi-committed to come in as guests. So we should be okay for the month of March. To I, uh, I am easily replaceable. Yeah. <laughs> what that means. Nobody ever said that, JR. These people are uh, pale copies. Yeah. Okay? You know? <laughs> Don't tell them that, though. They're great. <laughs> yeah, they're great, you know, being them, but there's only one JR. Yeah. One of them's been on the show before, but one of them hasn't, so we're excited oh, to nice. uh, welcome uh, both of them. Cool. I won't reveal who they are. I'll tell you guys after we get done, but um, yeah. And I, I guess the only question is, to, it's really between Kevin and I, Kevin and me, which is, um, uh, will they do the picking for their episodes? Mean I told I'm one of them that it might be a possibility, and they said that sweetens the deal. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm down. Okay. If uh, you know. Yeah, one of them will do it regardless, but the other one, he seemed like he'd more be more apt to if um if we allowed him to pick. So yeah. maybe we will. Maybe we won't. You know, fuck him. Huh. Who knows? Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's gonna be uh, JR's pick a month from now, maybe even more. Right. Is it going to bleed into April here? I mean, that d- that depends on our recording schedule. Okay. Um, but it, it should be. should be at the end of March. I'm ready to go. Killer. Okay. Well, then, uh, that, that's out of the way. Let's uh, get on with it. Mm. What did everybody watch this week? Bunch of shit. I know, right? Oh, yeah. You got a lot of movies, my friend. I, I was just uh, seeing it, looking. I looked up. All the movies I had watched and all the movies you guys had watched. And uh, I thought I had a lot more, but JR really crushed it this week mm. with short films. He's juicing. Of, yeah. He's juicing his list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of short films, a lot of like weird stuff on movie, none of which connected with me. But you guys want to hear about a, a shitty movie? Let's, I'm going to go first. Tell yeah, us about a it. shitty movie. Do it. Yeah. Like, you know, here's just like a little bit. I know this is what you guys have been asking for. I know this is what our you know our very vocal listeners have been asking for ever <laughs> yeah. since we talked about this movie i watched the fucking last thing he wanted oh um, you know which which i kind of half-heartedly defended based on its director a few weeks ago when we recorded um this is the uh you know the movie we talked about the trailer for where you know you were wondering where 
where Anne Hathaway's career was going. Oh, where it, had, where it had gone. I was really lost for. Yeah. I was like, "What are and, we talking uh, about?" And Willem Dafoe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Good. Okay. Yeah. So oh, from the director the, of Mudbound, right? D. Rees. Yeah. 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 And uh, <clears throat> yeah, you know, so I hate myself. <laughs> so I watched this for everyone. You took a bullet uh, for the team. It's it's long. It's plotting. It often makes little to no sense. And uh, it has just absolutely no sense of humor, and it totally wastes a good cast. And uh, you know, it, it's like Anne Hathaway's a journalist who gets embroiled in sort of the shitty situation and ends up in some real life or death shit. And uh, you know, that's not a logline that should be so fucking boring. Um, and. You know, it's not like everyone's bad. Like, Ben Affleck's not bad. Willem Dafoe's not bad. Anne Hathaway's not bad. It's just, like, everyone's everyone's bored. No <laughs> one's having a good time. Toby, Toby and, Jones uh, is on it. There's just... <laughs> there's, like, no reason for this to exist. Aren't Don't you, waste your time. Aren't you already, like, even prior to his... Um, I don't even know what to call it. His like aborted Oscar run. Aren't you already sick of Ben Affleck? Like the recreation of Ben Affleck as a great actor. Like this, this new movie he's got where he's like a drunk basketball there. coach. I love basketball. <laughs> huh? I love basketball and I love warrior. So I'm going to go see that. <laughs> Doesn't it seem more? Yeah. It's like, it's like uh it reminds me of, uh, I never saw it, but it reminds me of Hoosiers for some reason. I know that uh, yeah. Gene Hackman's not drunk in that. It's Dennis Hopper that's drunk in it, but mm. <laughs> but it's just like it just looks ridiculous. I just can't buy him. I don't take him seriously. I don't know. I, it's not fair to him, I guess. But it, it's, it's really it's the point in his career that he's at, or the point in life that he's at, where he's like middle aged and he's just like play, almost like he's playing a parody of himself. Like we know he's had alcohol problems in reality, and it's just right. weird that he's playing. I mean, it's interesting in a way because he's this like movie. This movie adds like massive sleeves of tattoos to that. Person. <laughs> oh, oh! So I think right. I think he's doing. He he did a transformation for this. Right, um, right. No, I, I don't know. I you know taking Ben Affleck seriously has always been weird, but there are times I think when Ben Affleck is good. Mm. Yeah, I I don't, I don't like, disagree. I don't think he's a bad actor. I like changing lanes. I'm alone on an island on that one. I think, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, yes, I've, always, I've you always liked changing lanes. I mean, it's been about 15 years since I've seen it, but uh, I used to love it. I used to watch <laughs> it a lot. <laughs> and like, I didn't like Gone Girl, but I liked I liked him and well, I liked him and Gone Girl as well as a few of the other performances. Mm-hmm. But you know, I yeah, he's, right. he's I really good. Sure, in, I'm having uh, trouble thinking of other. He's times good in Chasing Amy. Affleck, he's good in yeah, all Kevin yeah, Smith sure. movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was great in Morats, the Jay and Silent Bob <laughs> reboot. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a lie. Um, Yeah, but we should stop. I don't want to talk about Ben Affleck because I don't want to keep thinking about this movie. Okay, Um, fair enough. And it's, you know, 2020 is off to a rough start for me. Mm. Two really bad Netflix movies that I've watched. I'll talk about the other one in a minute. Okay, Ah. sounds good. Tantalizing. Mm. Kevin? So I finally got around to watching The Illusionist and watching it. With Edward Norton? Of course not. Okay. No, your number one movie <laughs> of the decade, Jay. Yeah, man. <laughs> so say, the Edward Norton classic doesn't need to be rewatched. Right, right. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that. Yeah, that panning shot around Paul Giamatti as he realizes everything that happens and he starts smiling that maniacal smile. <gasps> okay, so I so haven't good. seen it. Spoilers here. Yeah, I, I... <laughs> what? 
Yeah, because you you had it on your queue. You were like, "Oh, I gotta see this." I did. Uh, I I sort of. Oh. I mean, it's like in the. It's you know, if I if I had a list of movies I want to watch, it's probably like you know nine hundred on the list, but it's on there. <laughs> I mean, I didn't really give much away. Well, so yeah, know, I'm just, just yeah. He just gave away that something happens. Yeah, something know. happens. Paul, I could have. Paul Giamatti that shot out. might have blown my mind though. Now it's in my head already. All right. Go. <laughs> when you see it, I think you'll have a laugh. Um. I apologize. Yeah. So yeah, watching watching this, like I finally like like I realized like this is how Jordan must feel when he watches a Miyazaki movie. Mm. You know, just yeah, this is great. I don't like this. What? Oh, oh no, sorry. <laughs> I was thinking John watching a Miyazaki movie. No, 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 no. I, Jordan. I, I know, now I love this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan, yeah. the uh, the former our former co host. Yes. Right. right. Yeah. Because yeah. it was a blast. It was really wonderful. Um, I only gave it, I gave it a four and a half because like, I was like genuinely, genuinely upset at the ending. Like I didn't want it to end that way. Um, but I think, but thinking about it now, it's like, okay, well if it affected me that much where I was like, no, don't do this, then like it should, it should be, it should be a five. And I'm sure if, when I watch it again, I'm sure it'll go up to a five. Mm. And so a couple of weeks ago, uh, Monty Python member Terry Jones passed away, mm-hmm. and there's a wonderful little thing in The Illusionist where they're sitting in front of this cafe, and it's they have the menu on the wall, in the outside wall, and you see on one side, like in the spam sketch in Monty Python, Terry Jones is reading out spam, spam, eggs, baked beans, spam, spam, and spam. Or lobster thermidor or crevette and blah, 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 blah. So on one side of the menu, they have the whole lobster thermidor, which I thought was wonderful. Yeah, you would like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I read about that after I saw the movie. I didn't catch yeah, it yeah. when I was watching it. Yeah, because like, I was, yeah. You know I mean, that's the thing. Like, there's not a whole, there's not a whole lot of dialogue. So, like, you're kind of, like, looking at what else is in the frame. Yeah. And that's like one of the things that's easily appreciable about the illusionist. There's so much going on within a frame that like you can watch it once following one character. You can watch it another time following other characters and you'll notice different things on each watch. I my I've been, uh, my dad got an iPad pro for Christmas and he's been drawing a lot, you know, and we've been drawing together and stuff. I bring mine over and we draw together mm. and, uh, I've been showing them all like it's my my finally have an opportunity to like show them all these all these artists that I'm into and stuff and I showed him the trailer for this movie and it like blew his mind. He's like the animation's amazing. That's incredible, you know. It's like yeah. it's like I know. It's really he'll never he would never watch it, but you know, he's he loves the 2-minute trailer. Right, right, right. <laughs> um I watched uh, Rio Bravo for the first time uh directed by Howard Hawks. My second John Wayne movie. <laughs> we love westerns here on the podcast. <laughs> I've seen two John Wayne movies. Anyway, uh, Jesus. <laughs> um. Anyway, I, I liked Rio Bravo a lot. Uh, Dean Martin rules in it. I mean, I just really I can't express how much I like Dean Martin in this movie. He's ah. awesome. Like he has this like uh, erstwhile drunk trying to stay off the sauce. <laughs> just a badass gunfighter when he's sober. And uh, I like Ricky Nelson too. Like he's like oh. he's not really in it very much, and he's not that great of an actor. But like he's just something about him. He's so charming and mm. young. <laughs> I don't know. I'm really into it. And uh, 
And I like John Wayne in it. I didn't think I'd like John Wayne in anything. But uh, he's actually likable in this movie, which I oh. never really found. I've never, like in clips and things that I've seen from other movies, never found him likable. But uh rather enjoyed him in this one. And uh, who's the broad in this one, JR? Uh, that would be, is it Angie Dickinson? Yes, she is quite a dish. Uh yeah (laughs) that's pretty good uh she is a beautiful young lady and uh she's pretty fun in the movie a lot of a lot of a lot of laughs i'm really i'm really uh turning over a new leaf here guys i'm watching these classic westerns and i'm loving them Mm. there's another one coming up are you gonna uh, go down like a a howard hawks uh deep dive i i the only other movie from howard hawks that i've been seriously uh investigating is el dorado because it has all the same actors in it you know you know but uh, are there recommendations from our resident uh, classic expert, Jr.? That'd be you. Go ahead. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yes. Like Red River. Oh, Red River, sure. Only Angels Have Wings is my favorite of his. Uh, but you know, he's got. Is that a western? No. Only no. interested in westerns. You only only doing westerns right okay. now. I mean, I'll eventually I mean, get then, to the rest of it, but. Then definitely watch Red River and uh, and El Dorado. Will do because. Uh, you know, I've given them all at least four stars, but Red River is on Criterion. What? It's on Criterion. Red River. Oh, is it nice? Yeah, I believe so. Um, the Big Sky is good too, though it's it's really long. Oh, mm. this movie's not short. Uh, I want to say it's like <clears throat> two two and a half hours. Mm. But I didn't. Uh, that didn't bother me too much. And it is on it, another plus. It's on Blu-ray. <laughs> for five dollars on Amazon, I Gosh, mean, like it's damn. really cheap, man. I don't know. Is that is that how you watched it? No, I I downloaded it, but I I probably will buy it now since it's so cheap. Yeah, it's it's two hours and twenty one minutes, so it was pretty mm. long. But I'll tell you, I, it didn't bother. I mean, I watched it in two sittings, but it really didn't. The length didn't bother me at all because it was just I don't know. It's like just really enjoyable. Now the thing, okay, I will say this though. I watched this movie because I watched Assault on Precinct 13 and, you know, read that Carpenter was really influenced by Hawks and especially mm. Rio Bravo for that movie. And uh, then I read about the movie and it's like, yeah, it's about, you know, these guys and they're stuck in this jail cell together and they have to fight off this gang. And I'm like, oh, that sounds really cool. And that never happens in the movie. Like, that oh. literally never happens. Like, they're in the jail cell a lot. My, my Even my dad said it. My dad was like, oh, yeah, Rio Bravo's the one where they're in the jail cell the whole time, right? And I was like, not really. <laughs> they they talk about staying it's, in the jail cell, but then they leave and get ambushed. So it's like I don't I don't know what you know that never happens. Right. Shit never happens. I was waiting for it to happen. Never happened. Huh. Jared, defense? <laughs> no, no, no defense. It was still great though. I didn't mind it. Andy Dickinson. I'll tell you. I'm just looking at a picture right now. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So anyways, I liked it. Four out of five. Jared, I love that you guys watched like some really. Watch some of my favorites. This is this is mm. great. Feels like uh, feels like you know you guys are gonna miss me for a month. So you're like, let's give let's give John, <laughs> Jr. some uh, some good stuff. That's the reason I watch these because I mean, of you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we are gonna miss you. Yeah. All right, all right. I'm sorry. I'm gonna tear up here. Um, <laughs> okay. So next, you know, again, let's go third modern classic in a row. I watched the sequel to, uh, to all the boys I've loved before the Netflix original, um, rom-com movie that I've never seen. I watched, uh, to all the boys. PS. I still love you. This is, uh, my wife really wanted to watch it. Oh, I see. oh okay. And, uh, I was like, yeah, I could probably figure out what happened in the, yeah. 
first yeah. one. This is a teen movie, so it probably starts off with like a five minute recap. And mm. uh, I was I was right. <laughs> <laughs> was it only was it only five minutes or was no, it, I, I think uh... it was probably more like three. Oh, okay. Um, but again, this is not a movie anyone should spend their time on. And I had heard, you know, that for like a, a high school rom com kind of deal that to all the boys I've loved before is a, a pretty, you know, decent quality version of that. And maybe it is, but this movie definitely put me in a place where I'm never, ever going back and watching that original one. Until your wife um, wants to. And this is like, you know, that, well, she's already seen it. Uh, <laughs> Thank but this God. is, um, you know, if your wives ever want to watch this or if, you, you know, you're just one day you're just sitting at home and you're like, I got Netflix, I really want a rom-com right now. Um, this is, you know, just like a relationship movie in search of a plot. It never makes a compelling case for why this girl would entertain the love triangle. She very stupidly sort of engineers when the boy she fought so hard to be in a relationship with in the first movie is like being a good boyfriend. Um, and I did, you know, I kind of checked this review with my wife and she also was not happy with uh, the direction this movie went. And, you know, it just seemed like we've got a hit. We got to make a sequel and uh, we don't know what to do with it, but who cares? People will watch it. Capitalizing on the, um, the whole uh, yeah. Asian thing going on right now? Sort of. It's I mean, there's a, an Asian lead, right? Yeah. <coughs> Asian lead with a vaguely Asian sister and a white dad. It's, uh, uh, you know. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. weird. It's That's, just, uh, I don't think the, the, the Asian part of it does not enter the, uh, the text. Oh, all. okay. Only, only subtext. Oh, well, it's, by, it's based on novels by Ginny Han. So she must, yeah, she's Asian. Hmm. Well, she's from, she's from Virginia, but she looks Asian. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, so this is, a, uh, this is another two out of five. And I would say that if I'm ranking my top movies of 2020, uh, To All the Boys, P.S. I Still Love You, worst title ever, <laughs> is slightly above The Last Thing You Wanted. It's better than The Last yeah. Thing He Wanted? Better, better than The Last Thing You Wanted. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> That is uh, disappointing mm. in every conceivable way. Yeah, Kevin? Painful. <laughs> okay. So to continue on a... I'm going to butcher this name. Sylvain Chomet trip. You didn't butcher that at all, man. That was beautiful. Okay. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> so I watched the triplets of Belleville. I downloaded the triplets of Belleville after yeah. I watched The Illusionist, but didn't watch it yet. Yeah. Um... The animation in this thing is fucking wild. I will tell you. This is like like it is incredibly unique. Like like some of the like like the characters are kind of like caricatured. So like, you know, a lot of people with like really long noses, but um and you know, a lot of Americans who are like super fat. But uh it's a it's a it's a really interesting one. And again, like, like watching it, I was like, okay, I like this. I like, but I don't know if I like it more than I like the illusionist. So, uh, rated it four point two five. But I'm sure on a rewatch, like this will go up. Like it's about uh, this grandma and her grandson, 
Uh, she gets him a tricycle one day when he's a kid. And then later on, he's training for the Tour de France. And according to the synopsis, it's the French mob that kidnaps him. And I don't know, like, again, like, there's very little dialogue, very little spoken word in this. So, you know, but it's just random people that kidnap him and they're going to use him for... Uh, betting on this weird bicycle race that dudes watch in an abandoned theater. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's weird, and it's really, really good. And the little nod that I appreciated in this, like, I had actually seen a gif from it before, but in the opening uh, scene... Like, it's a very, like, Looney Tunes, like, early, like, Disney kind of thing where, like, the triplets are singing uh, the song of the movie, Belleville Rendezvous. And there's a part where they focus on this guitar player who is basically Django Reinhardt. And that was really cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'll uh, check it out at some point. Yeah. I also watched, uh, there's a short that he did that's on YouTube, The Old Lady and the Pigeons. And... That one, <laughs> like, it starts off. It starts off weird. There's this cop who's like not making any money. He's starving, and he sees this woman feeding these pigeons. So he decides that he's going to dress up as a pigeon, and <laughs> and she feeds him. Oh, and so, uh, so after a while, like he starts like dressing up as a pigeon, like like full like pigeon suit, like big ass pigeon head too. And he's just going to her apartment every day, and she feeds him. And eventually, he gets like ginormous from, like he, from eating bird from, seed. No, from eating like actual like food. Oh, and, yeah, like cakes and you know oh, n- like nice French food. And <laughs> so eventually, like he's so fat that like he's having difficulty getting up the stairs. And I won't give away the ending, but it didn't go where I thought it was going to go. Did he hang himself? <laughs> no. Oh. It's way wackier <laughs> and and way way weirder than that. <clears throat> it's only like twenty minutes. It's on YouTube. Easy watch. Yeah, we'll so. see. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna watch it. I've of course you are. Yeah, I've not yeah. seen this. This guy loves to juice his list by watching short films. Hey, why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, I Twilight Time had a sale. And uh, they were selling shit for like nine bucks, so I had to buy uh, fats. I bought Fat City. Nine bucks. Oh, nice. Yeah. Shit. Cool. It should be on there still. If you want the sales still going, on, I'm pretty sure. Oh. If their sales go on for like months. It's crazy. Wow. But um, yeah, I bought Fat City, and then I also bought um a movie that my dad always told me about when I was a kid called The Veloci Papers, starring Charles Bronson as a oh. Italian mafioso, and uh, it came out the same year as The Godfather. 1972 Mm -hmm. and uh there are like posters and stuff that purport to have critics calling it you know better than the godfather uh and then you watch it and you're just uh shocked at how (laughs) incorrect that is uh Uh, it's really bad it's just like poorly made and cheap and Mm. the acting is piss poor and charles bronson is horribly miscast and he can't act you know his way out of a paper bag He's trying to do like this Brooklyn <laughs> Italian thing, and it's just like this is not oh. you, bud. And uh, 
At one point, a guy gets castrated, so that's kind of interesting. But you don't really see it. (laughs) You see a lot of blood, but did you did you want to see that? No, no, because just the way it's done is really like quick and like kind of. And the guy just starts screaming, but then he stops screaming. He's like, "Oh no, oh kill me, man, kill me!" I'm just like, I don't believe this guy just lost his balls. (laughs) Give me a break. Um, Probably going to shock. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And it's like the stuff I, I remember. I read Omerta, which is a Mario Puzo novel. Speaking of the Godfather, mm-hmm. when I was uh, a teenager, <laughs> and I remember in that book they talk about how they're in like in Sicily, and this mafia family does this somehow. Somehow this guy has offended this mafia family. So on the day of his wedding, they cut off his balls and stick them in his mouth, and then mm. put him on top of a horse and like strap him to the horse and make the horse like ride through town. <laughs> I was like, wow. "That's like that's the kind of shit the mafia does." Even just cut somebody's balls off and walk away. Right. Anyway, <coughs> this movie's a piece of shit. It's got a couple of good um, squib scenes, you know, some 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 pretty decent squib work. But mm. again, it's seventy two, so the blood is really, you know, that kind of gloppy orangey kind of thing going yeah. on, which is a, a little bit of a bummer. And uh, just God bless Coppola for not going that direction with The Godfather. His blood looks great. Mm. Um, that's why we're still talking. Well, I mean, you're talking about this other movie, but that's why the Godfather's right. Sp- spoken I mean, this, about more than this movie. Nobody would be talking about this if it hadn't been released on Twilight Time. So, right. But I, I don't, I don't, you know, not to decry Twilight Time for release. They release a lot of shit, but they release a lot of good stuff too. So mm. you never know. Who directed this? Never heard <clears throat> this of it. movie is directed by Peter. Nope, Terrence Young. So he's actually somebody. Oh yeah, he he was yeah. Doc, he Doctor like No from Russia with Love, Thunderball, yeah. Wait Until Dark. I mean, he's done some respectable stuff. This right, is just not right. one of them. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just a real mess. A real mess. Mm. I actually had to take it and like it's the first Twilight Time that I've owned that I had to put outside of my collection. I didn't want it staining my collection, so oh, wow. I had to put it in a box to the side. You gonna eBay that shit? Probably, but it's not worth shit because it's it's on sale and it hasn't right, even, it hasn't right, even right. sold out yet. Like when they go on oh, sale okay. and they haven't sold out, like there's only three thousand of each one for Twilight Time. Oh right, right. So right. like if it hasn't sold out yet, it means it's not worth shit. Right. We, meanwhile, <laughs> if you have like the Twilight Time of John Carpenter's Christine, or um, as good as it gets, or something like that, these movies sell out instantly, and then you know you can sell them for one hundred and fifty dollars on eBay. Mm. I'm not that lucky. Anyway, it's a <laughs> hunk of junk. Uh, yeah, you should have bought the fucking John Carpenter movies, but you've got your stupid vendetta against him. <laughs> what? Besides John Carpenter. Besides, uh, you know, Assault at Precinct 13. I, yeah. I'll talk about The Fog in a minute. I liked it. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, this movie's terrible. Mm. JR? <clears throat> All right. I uh, watched the, mi- <laughs> the Kid Who Would Be King. Sorry, not the man. Um and I made this decision because I realized that Joe Cornish had put out a new movie. Mm. Um, he's the guy that did Attack the Block. Yeah. You know, feels like a, a, f- a fucking hundred years ago he made that movie. And I really liked it. I don't actually remember what it was. That was maybe like 2009 or 10. Um, and, you know, so I was like looking at the kid who would be king. I was like, well, this is, you know, another, you know, maybe it's like another greedy genre film with like a great star turn from a young cast and uh that's not what it is it's not what it is oh no it in you know in reality it's got like a perfectly fine and forgettable cast and it's a perfectly fine and forgettable kids film and i'm you know i'm sure 
whoever, whatever 10 year olds went to the theater to see this were probably delighted. But, um, there's like, there's nothing going on here. It's just a retelling of, you know, the sword in the stone story. Um, this modern kid pulls Excalibur out of a construction site. <sighs> He's hunted by Rebecca Ferguson's weird, really weird Morgana. And uh, blah, blah, action, kid-friendly adventure. It's 25 minutes too long. This sounds like a nightmare, man. This sounds like, uh, a, tr- like a true nightmare. <laughs> like, I don't know how you do this to yourself. Like, how do you get through something like this? This makes me want to cry how bad this sounds. Really? Yeah, and it's it's this is this is like a complete two hour film. Oh my god! Like, it is a hundred and twenty five minutes long. Jesus Christ! Um, Kill but me. I I really at first when I thought it was ending, like because there's a point where it tricks you because it feels like the end. I was like, oh, it's. I was like that didn't feel like two hours, and then I like pressed <laughs> uh, you know pause, and it had been seventy three minutes. Oh, that would have been perfect, <laughs> perfect, perfect length for it. So I don't, yeah, so I don't I mean, know, twenty five minutes too long or forty minutes too long? Who knows? Forty, maybe more. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is like what, what you what you doing, Joe Cornish? You made attack the block, and then no one would give you a, a fucking cent to do anything worth. Maybe he's like a, time. I just don't get it. Maybe he's difficult, you know. Maybe he's like, I, you know what? I'm Joe Cornish, and I will only make the movie that I want to make. <laughs> and they wouldn't give him the money, you know. It's like I'm Joe Cornish. I've made one movie. It yeah. didn't make any money, but people thought it was fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he has like a right. He has like a writing credit on uh, uh, the Adventures of Tintin. Oh, okay, but, he, but like there were like seven like isn't Simon Pegg a writer on that movie too? Well, he and no, I think well he's in it. Yeah, he's in I it. I thought he was um, one of the writers. I think like like the writers list on that is like Edgar Wright, Joe Cornish. Oh, that's um, most, I'm probably thinking Peter Edgar Jackson, Wright. Spielberg. Like there are a lot of like um, Stephen Moffat from Doctor Who fame. Um, yeah, a What's, lot of big name writing credits on Tintin. I, I get, I'm, it's not to derail, but like uh, Tintin, directed by Spielberg. What's mm. the deal, man? He jumps out of Indiana Jones five. Like, let James Mangold direct Indiana Jones. What are they doing? Is that official? I, He's in talks. I apparently. could not. No, don't could do not that. give a fuck. I mean, I don't. Do you give a, not do you guys give a fuck. Like, not really. I don't like. I'm not a, an Indiana Jones fan in general. Like, I don't really like any of the films very much. But like, and I mean, I realize I mean, it's like blasphemy because everybody like worships these fucking movies, but they're just like B movies. I mean, they're made to be B movies. Anyways, that's not the point. The point is that like, it's just weird though. It's like you're bringing it back. This is obviously going to be the last Indiana Jones movie with uh, Harrison Ford at least. Mm. And it's like you completely break your credibility by getting a new director for the fifth fucking one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, just, just yeah, hack it out know. Spielberg. It's one more fucking movie. What what's he doing? West Side Story next with Ansel Elgort? I mean, what is this guy it, doing we, with his we life? We know that we know that Spielberg can crank out movies uh, yeah, you know, yeah. at the speed of Clint Eastwood He's if he wants done to. two in the same year many times before. Right. Yeah. It's, Two in the same year with tons of special effects. Oh, yeah. The dude's fucking mm. insane. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I want to talk in a minute about Munich, but it's, I mean, I, mean, I don't even know if I'll talk about it, but it's, it's just, a, watching Munich again, I'm just astounded at how, <laughs> this is going to sound really, like, superficial, but this guy does violence like nobody's business. Like, nobody does violence, especially gun violence, like Spielberg. Just nobody. Nobody on the planet does it as good. And he hasn't made a violent movie like that since Munich. 
I just want to see him do something else well, violent. Well, also, like, I years, mean, right? like, yeah, uh, 15 like, years. Like, Munich, um, uh, the war movie, fuck. Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Yeah, that one. Um, it's a shotgun in it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, like, trying to think of, like, what other, like, what, what other of his movies have, like, legit... Schindler's List. Well, Schindler's I List. I mean, I, I hate but, to point to that as an example, well, but yeah, that I mean, beautiful special effects in Schindler's List, makeup effects, blood effects. It's incredible. The, the, the okay. Shit's insane. And also, yeah, yeah. I mean, and speaking of Indian Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, very violent picture, uh, great blood squibs in this movie. I mean, I, you know, just amazing. Right. I don't know. Like, I was trying to think of, like, what movies of his had, like, you know, a like certain level of sure. like violence. I mean, I think that because, you those know, like are the a top. little bit here, a little bit there in like most of his movies. Yeah. I don't want to say that Munich is like absurdly violent either. It's not right, right. But it's just the scenes that are violent are so well done. And it's not like they're not, they're not over. They're not gory. They're not like uh like, a, you know, if Tarantino made it, you know, it'd be like, you know, everybody gets shot with a 22 pistol. It's like a shotgun wound, you know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> it's, it look, it seems real. And it's just like, I don't know. He's he, he, Spielberg has a knack for. I'm not saying anything anybody hasn't said before. He has a knack for uh, doing set pieces and making things interesting that really aren't that interesting. And uh, it seems like he hasn't really been doing shit in like the last 15 years. That's worth a damn. Not that you know. Not that if he directed Indiana Jones Five, it would be good. I'm sure it would be a pile of shit. Yep. But <laughs> I think we've seen what he can do with Indiana Jones. Right. And the Crystal Skull is a bad, bad bad movie i mean yeah we we'll don't have to get into all that right now but <laughs> no but i you know i think a derail into talking about spielberg and violence is the most meaningful conversation that anyone's ever had about the kid who would be king <laughs> good, good call good call well i'm glad i could help yeah. um kevin let's see so um i was continuing on my um uh, Film film noir kick slash Burt Lancaster kick. So I watched uh, Sorry Wrong Number, and I have so many problems with this movie. Mm. <laughs> like I so so the movie starts off. Barbara Stanwyck, our our gal Friday from Forty Guns, is an invalid. She's expecting Burt Lancaster, her husband, to be home any minute, but he ha- he hasn't called. She's trying to reach him, and she calls his office, and she hears two guys talking about murdering somebody at 11.15 p.m. And so over the course of a couple of more conversations she has over the phone and a few more other things, she realizes that they are coming to murder her. So this movie is told like... At least eighty percent of it is told in flashbacks, and it's like like it's her calling other people or people calling her and giving her like little bits of the story here and there, and it just like I don't know. It was based on a radio play, so I guess like you know that was that was how they felt they had to do it, but it just. Like it gets so convoluted, and like you're you start to wonder like what's happening and what's going on and who's doing what, until finally like one of the final characters who calls her like, like he gets done with like a long spiel, 
And then he like reiterates he reiterates his points literally like point one, blah blah blah. Point two, blah blah blah. And like I'm watching this, I'm like, Barbara Stanwyck, Burt Lancaster, Wendell Corey, you guys are amazing actors. And this movie is not doing you any justice. Like I felt especially bad for Barbara Stanwyck because like I mean She's really good in um, Double Indemnity. I thought she was she was a good actor in Forty Guns. You know, you can hear our other thoughts about Forty Guns as a movie, and I think she's really good in this as an actress. But it's the stories—they're just so. Ugh. It doesn't like, work. Yeah, just like give me like give me some decent writing. Well, yeah. you know, they can't that's, all be winners. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. 2.75. Ouch. Yeah. Well, uh... And that's fair. Oh, sorry. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. the, the radio play, which is, uh... It's in the seventh grade textbook that they used at my school when I was in Baton Rouge. Oh. Is uh, much better than the movie. Nice. Probably yeah. not a huge surprise. Did you but, teach it? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Just because it was, you know, I don't know. It involves a murder, so it was one of the most interesting things in that textbook. Of right, course. Right, right, right. Kids hate <clears throat> everything else. Is that the one that has the um, the sailing story at the beginning of it? Rogue Wave? Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. I, I, we, we shouldn't we shouldn't do a deep dive on no no uh, seventh grade English no textbooks. no 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 no. I was just I was just making sure. I, th- I feel like I've seen sorry wrong number in that book also. Yep. But I never taught it. Anyway, um, I watched uh, The Oxbow Incident from 1942. You love this movie. Yeah, this is uh, this has a unique distinction among the films that I've seen. I believe it is the highest rated old oldest film I've seen. I was... It's the film that is oldest that I've given a five to. I remember seeing this on Letterboxd, <laughs> like seeing like the poster and like seeing five stars. I was like, what? Yeah, it's a masterpiece. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I assumed you must have found a modern remake of. It. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't. I don't. I don't. Honestly, I, I would. I think it could be could be remade in an interesting in an interesting way. Maybe like a like a like an HBO movie or something. But mm-hmm. you know, something like that. I was surprised they haven't done something like that. But um, this uh, stars Henry Fonda and uh, my old pal Colonel Potter from Mash, Harry Morgan. Mm. As uh, two buddies who, I don't even know what they do really. Are they like ranchers or something? They're like cowhands. JR, you've seen this. Yeah. I I mean, <laughs> they work with the cows. Right. Yeah. Something like that. So anyways, they're in a bar and then they get told that's, that this rancher got murdered. And so it gets everybody excited and uh, they want to form a posse and go get the guys who killed him. And uh, they do just that against the wishes of the local magistrate the judge and uh the sheriff's out of town so they don't know what to do and the deputy who's like just been recently deputized he's like i can just deputize everybody here and they're like that's not legal and he's like yeah fuck it and they just do it and they deputize like 30 guys and they all ride out and uh they ride out and they find these three guys in the woods and one of them is played by uh what's his face anthony quinn oh which is awesome and um, he's supposed to be, you know, the, the the Mexican fellow of the group, and uh, they accuse them of the, being the murderers. And it, you know, it seems like they are. They've got like 
they've got the cattle from the rancher. They've got the rancher's gun. But they're like, you know, and this is like their answers are really convenient. They're like, yeah, I just found the gun on the road, you know. <laughs> and it's like, well, doesn't sound right. And they're like, well, where's your bill of sale for the cattle? Oh, I, well, we, didn't, we didn't get a bill of sale. We just bought the cattle and we told them they mail it to us. <laughs> so it seems, you know, like they might be full of shit. And I don't want to spoil where it goes, but man, it goes to a very dark place uh, that I was not expecting. <laughs> and uh, that's what pushed it over the top for me is how unapologetically cynical and dark it is mm. uh i love that shit and uh it's it's just great i mean it's just it's it reminds me what's funny is that it's it's foreshadows a lot of the same kind of thing that um 12 angry men deals with mm. another henry fonda classic and uh just you know guilt versus innocence and how do you know if somebody's lying or telling the truth and just a really great time at the movies, and I can't say enough about that running time. A cool, crisp 75 minutes. I mean, oh, you can't yeah. you can't beat that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, just a blast. I loved the Oxbow incident. And I looked mm. up the, the director, and he, I, I want to say he didn't direct anything else, which makes sense because I'm sure after this movie they were like, what did you do? Mm. <laughs> no, he did do something oh, he, else. Who was I thinking about? This Wellman. Stuff. Never mind. It's Wellman. Who Who am I thinking about then? I looked up some. I looked up somebody associated with the movie, and they did nothing else after. Oh, it must be the writer mm. who did nothing else. Anyways, oh, it's seventy six minutes. Mm. Now Wellman did a lot of things. Oh, this is apparently the last movie that was nominated for Best Picture without getting any other nominations. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Which is interesting. Did not know that. I would never have thought that would have ever happened, but. Mm. Apparently, it happened back then. Seems like this should have got like a at least a screenplay nomination. I would have given uh, Fonda a nomination. Honestly, mm. he was terrific in it. Yeah, Fonda's one of those guys. Like, you can look back at a lot of older actors and like, oh well, they're just playing themselves most of the time. But Henry Fonda's legit. He's great. Yeah, and uh, Harry Morgan was great too. I don't. I hate Colonel Potter on Mash, but mm. I I like Harry Morgan <laughs> and the stuff I've seen. Oh, him. Yeah. So that's a hard five out of five for me. Nice. JR? That's one I haven't seen since college. I need to rewatch it. Do it again. When when would I find the time for a 75-minute movie? I know, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, sorry. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm, I'm going to do one more not good movie before I finally get to my good movie. Mm. Um I was going, or I'm still kind of in like a, a Richard Lester uh, kind of mood. He's the guy that did uh, a couple of the Beatles movies and mm. Petulia with Julie Christie that I love. Um, so, and, and I've seen both of his uh, '70s Musketeer movies, the Three Musketeers and the Four Musketeers. And so I decided to watch The Return of the Musketeers he, in from 1989. Where everyone is fucking old. Oh my like, gosh! I've never seen I've never seen old fat Oliver Reed. Uh, <laughs> and I probably won't ever again. But it you know that's something. Well, Gladiator. Um, He's in Gladiator. He dies in the middle right. of the movie. Then they had to CG his head onto an actor's body. Mm. Anyway, sorry. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. So Lester's, um, you know, like besides. Uh, a Hard Day's Night and Petulia, like he's just like a a director of fun, silly trifles, at least from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did. We won the, the Palm Door. 
No. He did win the Palm d'Or with Na- the Knack. For? The Knack. And I haven't seen the Knack yet. Oh, well, get on it, bud. It's on I Criterion Channel. I haven't seen the Knack Channel. for... <laughs> what? It's, isn't it? The That's where I watched Criterion. it. No, it's not on the Criterion, Criterion Channel. It's on the channel, yeah, yeah. Oh. That's yeah. where I watched it. Is, it is no longer on the channel. Oh, bummer. Because I tried to find it Sorry. last week. Sorry, guy. Um, I, and I got to download it. I'll watch it soon. Sure. But, um... Mm-hmm. The uh, the seventies Musketeer films were you know they're like totally fine they're like rambunctious blockbusters featuring you know stars and laughs and clever well choreographed set pieces and they are far from great but better or worse than the sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry better or worse than the Disney Three Musketeers. It's a serious, I do not remember serious that question. <laughs> I loved it when I was a kid. I love it too. I love. I still like it a lot. Shit. Anyway, sorry. You know, I I gotta rewatch that one, and I gotta rewatch or watch Paul W S Anderson's oh. Three Musketeers <laughs> with Mia Jovovich. I think gotta, isn't that just that the somewhere. Musketeer? Mm. That one. <laughs> no, the one what? with Tim oh. Roth. Isn't that, is that is that is that the same one? I'm not I don't sure. We're talking about them. <laughs> yeah, the Musketeer with Tim Roth. Isn't that the one you're talking about? No. Oh, it's not. Tim Roth was in a Paul W S Anderson movie. I don't know. Was he not the guy I, who directed all the? I fucking, know who Paul W. S. Anderson um, is. Resident Evil. <laughs> I don't know who directed the Musketeer. Anyways, go Let ahead. Get Sorry. Back to yeah, we're getting way away yeah, off get back topic. To Whatever. <laughs> the uh, so the the sequel, the nineteen eighty nine sequel, The Return of the Musketeers, totally fits in with the mold of left like the other Musketeer movies. So if you like those Musketeer movies, watch this. The plot is totally nonsense. Two of the four Musketeers are recruited by. Some new, likely corrupt cardinal dispatch one of his political rivals. The other two musketeers are hired to guard that rival. You know, so shenanigans ensue. <laughs> Faye Dunaway's villain from the original Lady to Winner had a daughter, Kim Cattrall, uh, who's bent on avenging her mother's death. Kim Cattrall is fucking garbage in this. <laughs> um, and that's, I don't know. It Like, when you're in a movie where the acting isn't supposed to be, like, really good anyway, it's it's... It's just bad to be so noticeable. Um, mm. But otherwise, it's you know it is ninety minutes of decent fun. And Lester knows how to shoot silly physical action, and he's always had a way of blending that sort of actiony American pop filmmaking with British humor. And the British humor is fun. Okay, so just so uh, yeah, the uh, Paul W S Anderson film is from 2011. The other film with Tim Roth is from 2001. It's directed by Peter Hyams. Ah. The Paul W. S. Anderson film, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this. Hey, Logan Lerman is in this thing, <gasps> okay? Also, Luke Evans, Mads Mikkelsen, Orlando Bloom, and Christoph Waltz, okay? Oh. So you might have a, wow. a hidden gem on this your sounds, hands. Let me add this to my... It's based on the Alexander Dumas 1844 novel of the same title with clock punk elements. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. You just made me so excited to watch yeah, this. A little clock uh, yeah. punk for you. Awesome. <laughs> you know what the fuck that means? Yeah, I mean, clock punk. What the fuck? Anyway, uh, all right, all right. Yeah, this so. is this is what I get for bringing up a weird ass 1980s sequel to a. Three Musketeers movie, so Absolutely. three out of five. Let's move on. All right, <coughs> let's move on to Paul W. S. Anderson. <laughs> <clears throat> so, I rewatched The Fugitive. Oh, not entirely, <clears throat> not entirely Sorry. sure why, other than I haven't seen it in 
a million years. It's one of Andrew Davis's uh, two watchable films. What's the other one? Under Siege. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one, Fugitive is entertaining. Um, really? Yeah. I you mean, you don't you don't love it, huh? I re- yeah, I mean, I it's really no don't. U.S. Marshals. Yeah, it's no. Is it better or worse than U.S. Marshals? I ha- I have it. And I'm gonna rewatch it soon. Oh my! Um, you know, I want to. I want to see. Understand. I mean, you know, you West, know Wesley Snipes, a uh, pre pre rehab Robert Downey. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, Ally McBeal days. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Like the one one of the things that I did notice watching it this time is like, if to me from like the score and like the way the movie shot, it seems like. Andrew Davis must have been like, you know what, man? Silence of the Lambs is really fucking good. Yeah, it does what have if? that. It does have that kind of look to it. I yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty. And, that's a good observation, actually. Yeah, and the music too have. There's a lot of like, like, string stuff that is very, rem, very reminiscent of Silence of the Lambs. Um, I think uh, I like Tommy Lee Jones in it a lot as uh, Deputy Gerard. Um. Joe Pantoliano, I mean, what what other positive things can you say about him that haven't been said already? He's just delightful. He's, he's the best. Um, uh, <laughs> the movie really kind of takes a shit on Chicago cops because uh, they're like clearly just like not caring. I don't know about that. Who 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 specifically? No, no one specific, but like the like the two lead detectives, like clearly, like in the Jones. Is that your talking about? Tommy Lee Jones? No, Chicago cops. Oh, what is he? Um, is he FBI or something? Yeah, he, oh, no, okay. he's, he's a U.S. He's a oh, he's a marshal. Of yeah, course, yeah, of course. Hence um, the name of the fucking sequel. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I have seen it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, like they're they're clearly like like. I mean, they don't get into this at all in the movie, but it's like there's there's so much that like could have gone either way with the evidence that they have. And they just like the way they make it in make it in the movie, like it's like, oh well it's clearly an open and shut case. And like even like the nine one one call they play from his wife is like you know, there's like this woman has just been bludgeoned in the head and like she's not making a lot of sense, but oh she says her husband's name. Clearly he did it. Well, it's like a shorthand, I'm, isn't it, for yeah, you know, to mean, show the audience how he got convicted? Yeah, um, I just think like the writing could have been better in yeah, that. It's fair. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, three out of five. I, uh, you know, Tommy Lee Jones won the Oscar for this movie, uh, yes, best yes. supporting actor, and you know who he beat out? Who? I was just looking it up. Um, the first thing that made me think of it was that uh, it's the same year that um, Val Kilmer was robbed for Tombstone, wasn't even nominated, and. Uh, I feel like he would have beaten all these people, but oh, but for sure, he, Tommy Lee Jones beat out Ray Fiennes for Amon Gert in uh, Schindler's List. What? He also beat out Pete Postlethwaite. I know you're not a huge fan of In the Name of the Father, but he Pete Postlethwaite was the, the father. I, and I like Pete Postlethwaite. Yeah, a lot. he's terrific. Yeah, um, like ever since I saw him in James and the Giant Peach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, yeah, I really dig him a lot too. He's the only actor who performed his lines in Iambic Pentameter and Romeo and Juliet. So <laughs> he's amazing. <laughs> Guy's a genius. Anyway. uh I always like the scene though in yeah, Fugitive like, where where after they after he shoots the guy in the uh the safe house like the, the oh guy, yeah the yeah, yeah. The, the other fugitive he shoots him and and yeah. the, the, he's talking I'm gonna to have the, permanent hearing damage right and he goes he goes can you hear me now I don't 
don't bargain. That's <laughs> so good. Yeah. I don't bargain. Just a great line. Yeah. I mean, that's one of, like, again, like, back to the writing, like, like there are, like, a lot of great moments where, like, Tommy Lee Jones really shines and, like, the character really shines. Mm-hmm. But then there's a lot of, like, oh, we're a team. We've been together forever. We bust each other's balls. Ha, ha, ha. Sure. Which is fine. Which is fine. Well, that's just typical, but, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. A little cliched. Yeah, and exactly. And, like, it feels really cliched. Right. I, uh, just continuing on my Carpenter kick, trying desperately to get through all these Carpenter movies so I can make a fucking ranked list. I don't even know what for. Uh, watched The Fog for the first time from 1980, starring Jamie Lee Curtis and her mom. Mm. And, uh, some other people. Oh, uh, Hal Holbrook is in this. Um... (laughs) He's not in it very much. Uh, and uh, it's a movie. Oh, and uh, of course, uh, Adrian Barbeau is really like the star of the movie, essentially. Uh, it's about a fog that descends on a town and uh, releases these, uh, I don't know if they're zombies or ghosts, more like ghosts, I guess, of these uh, sailors who were wronged by the town's ancestors. And they come out and they murder people. They have to kill six people in order to, uh, you know, be satisfied. Mm. And uh, kind of a loose story that doesn't really hold up to scrutiny, but that's okay because it's a you know it's a goofy horror movie. But actually, I'll say that uh, I, I like The Fog. I gave it three and a half stars. I don't think it's amazing or anything, mm-hmm. but it's certainly as good as Halloween. And I would say, as far as uh, you know, I'm not. I don't find any of his films scary, but The Fog is definitely the closest to being scary <laughs> of all of his films. It's got some really creepy imagery in it. Yeah. Um, they, they, they somehow get, get the, uh, the, the creatures in it. Like their eyes start glowing red at the end. It looks really awesome. Mm. So that was okay. And then I'll just real talk. I'll real, I'll real talk. I'll real, real quickly talk about, um, they live, which I also (laughs) watched, um, which is not as successful. And I don't, it just feels like at some point in the eighties, he loses it and he doesn't know how to make movies anymore. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but uh They Live is just really cheesy and bad and I thought the acting was horrible. Uh Roddy Piper is not an actor. I mean obviously, but it's like I've heard a lot of things like, Oh, he's actually pretty good in it and he's just, he's not good. <laughs> I, mean, I would say like from what I remember, I would say he's fun. Maybe. Not necessarily that he's, he's good. Fun, even the, even that kind of shit though, like the whole like I'm here to chew bubble gum and kick, kick ass. It doesn't even make sense in the context of what's happening. Like what? So he he gets a shotgun from these cops and he immediately he stumbles into a bank running away from the cops and his first thought is I just need to murder all the aliens that are in this bank. Like use your fucking head, guy. They for me later. They're people. Like they nobody knows they're aliens but you. Like it's just it's insane. <clears throat> he makes a lot of really random decisions like that that don't make any sense. Mm. And uh, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. I kind of hated it. I gave it a two. Mm. His his 80s are weird. Because like, in, in between uh, Big Trouble Little China and They Live is Prince of Darkness, which is... I like Prince of Darkness. Definitely yeah. not working on that like campy level. Right. You know, there are campy elements, but it's not like pure camp as comedy action. Absolutely. Um, and then, like, before Big Trouble is Starman, which I think is, like, a super emotional, great movie. Oscar nominated. I like I like Starman a lot. Starman's the last kind of big one that I haven't seen. Mm. So, Have you seen Dark Star yet? 
I don't count that as a big one because, okay. <laughs> but I do. Well, I, just, I will just see in, it in general. I have yeah. not seen it. Okay, uh, yeah. Dark Star is a fascinating movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll see it just because uh, you know his his earlier work is better to me anyway. So, mm. but I know that it's kind of like. Uh, I mean, I know what it's about, and I know how yeah. I've heard things about it. Yeah. Anyway, Jr. <laughs> yeah, right, this is a uh, sorry. Whoa. <laughs> sorry, guy. Old phlegm. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I don't know why that made me laugh so much. I apologize. <laughs> I'm not. I don't mean to laugh at your death, but it's okay. Um. <laughs> sorry. I. Uh, this is my last movie. I watched uh, Uncut Gems. Oh, finally. Mm. I rewatch uh, Uncut Gems. Let's go. <laughs> I said I rewatched Round one. It. Fight. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, it's okay. No, like, he liked it. I texted you while watching this. It's just, it's such a ride, but it is a ride that like made me sick with discomfort for the first like 40 minutes. Mm. Like I just could not get on this train. Uh, not, not that I didn't like it. It was just like watching this, like from minute three, like the the bad decision making of this gambling addict, it just was like this. Oh my god, like get me get me out of this hell, um, which obviously means that this is you know this is exactly what the Safety brothers wanted me to to feel. Uh, so it is a rip roaring success, in in that it, I like we we come out of Adam Sandler's butthole into a quick driving nightmare about decisions that made me miss the comfort of the colon. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like put me back in that butthole, please. I need to get out of this. Kevin has no uh, idea. And Sam is brilliant. <laughs> like, what? His butthole? <laughs> uh, don't, yeah, don't, no one take that out of context. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sam is brilliant. Julia Fox, Kevin Garnett, Dina Menzel, Eric Bogosian. Your boy, Eric Bogosian. Oh, he's Keith great. Stanfield, Isn't he good really in it? Good. Oh, what? Isn't he good, Bogosian? I love yeah. that. You know, it's interesting watching it the second time. When you're watching it the first time, you don't know who he is. You know what I mean? You have to find out gradually throughout the course of the film who he is and his relationship to right. Sandler and everything. And watching it the second time, you notice all these little, like his ex- his facial expressions and like the kind of sadness that's in all of his expressions. Amazing. <laughs> the guy's fucking great. Give this guy and, more uh, work. Sorry? I said give him more work. <laughs> right. And then fucking uh, this guy who's been in nothing, Keith William Richards, is just like this fucking weird but really silly kind of terrifying as this like money-collecting thug that works for Bogosian. Oh, yeah. Dude, that guy's I a just nightmare. I was like, this guy was fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was... I don't know. He, is he just like some psycho New Yorker that the Safety brothers? I assume like, ran so. Into one I mean, day? you you know, you look at even like as recently as Good Time. I mean, even in this movie, they're using a lot of like non actors, like random people they find. Like the guy who yeah. helps Julia Fox at the end of the casino, the Donald Trumpish kind of guy. Well, that's not a random guy. That's Mike Francesa. Okay. Like, <laughs> what? He's not. He, you he know is, him? He is a sports radio legend. Is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't know Mike, that. Yeah, he's been on. I looked on him. Air, I saw him know. on. A, it's, I found his Instagram, <laughs> and it's just like it's exactly what you would think it would be. It's just like him partying. <laughs> are we talking? This that I don't know. Mike Francesa, Who right? are we talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about the old guy with the gray hair. 
Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure that was Mike Franzetti. Cowboy hat. He writes uh, <laughs> children's sports books now. Oh, wow. Also. Well, that guy's great. A, I'm saying, like, the, yeah. like, he's not an actor, right? Like, I'm saying, like, Safdie's, no, no, no. they tend to use people who aren't actors, is what I'm saying. He is you not know. an actor. And even, um, I mean, even, like, the, the other guy that she's talking to in the casino where she tells him, she's telling him about the bet she made, and he's, like, explaining to her what it means and stuff like that before she sees the thug looking for her. No, no good. <laughs> no, anyway, sorry. sorry. There's, there's a I, lot I of... Just went- there's a lot of people who aren't actors. Down, yeah. Um, and yeah, and they're all good. Um, so yeah, I know, I know you, you rewatched this because you saw my rating and you were like, no, this can't, this can't happen. No, it wasn't um, all that. I, I had been, I had been thinking about rewatching it anyway, but yeah, I mean the part of that, I guess. Yeah, sure. I did. Yeah. I was off I really for three don't days. Wanna... I had time. I'm trying to do this without giving anything away. I'm not going to do spoilers because I definitely want uh, Kevin to watch it. Mm. Uh, but so one of my issues, though, is like gambling addiction is like just one of those character flaws in movies that just never or rarely connects with me. And I know it's a real problem. Right? Like I know I know that. And if you have a gambling addiction, please, you know, please get help. And I'm, I know it's a real fucking thing. But in the movies, it almost always plays out as just this constant raising of the stakes on the way to you know some you know either ridiculous or tragic end um you know maybe the exception being uh fuck the fucking uh the robert alden california movie. split yeah uh Not and that's you know that, that that movie that movie is just on a, on a different wavelength than anything else i've seen with gambling in it um so yeah, I was there for the ride and the performances, but I had very little emotional attachment to anything. And uh, we'll reserve conversation about the end until Kevin's seen it. Well, I have two comments. But, uh, one, one, my first one is actually yeah. a question for you, which is: you're a sports guy, yeah? Yes. Okay. Love, love sports. So yeah. So what you said earlier about how uh, you know from minute three he's making these poor decisions as a gambling addict. I'm wondering if watching the film, like you see him make a bet with that guy early on, that sports is his bookie and the guy tells him that's a terrible bet. And he says, I don't agree with you. Like, do you understand what he's saying when he's talking to that guy? Like what, why the bet is bad? Yeah. Okay. So I don't, I don't get any of that watching it. Like, I don't understand what he's saying. So I'm just like, I have to take it, take it, his word for it. That's that's a bad bet. I was like, and I acknowledge it. Okay. Yeah, sure. It is. Cause the bookie's saying it is. So it must be, he's making a bunch of, uh, prop bets on and just laying down so much money on these little parts of a game is just such a weird stupid strategy uh it's really hard to like like he's betting like the points and like within a half and this is just like it's such an inconsistent thing game to game in basketball to so betting on it's just typically treated as as stupid yeah and uh i'll be in vegas next weekend and uh, while my friends are playing blackjack, I don't play cards. I'm definitely going to go to a sports book and see if I can fuck my life up like Sandler. It's going to be great. No, you should. I, 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 of course, will not do that, but I've never been <laughs> on sports before. So I will I will get a little taste of it. Sure. I'll see, I'll see if there's uh, some fights that weekend, and I'll tell you who to bet on. Um, and my, <laughs> yeah. other, my other comment was that, uh, you know, as far as not relating to the gambling addict, I, I, I sort of feel similarly as that, you know, I can't. 
I can't understand or empathize with that because I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't understand what what's going. I mean, I can understand on a superficial level, like they're, they that adrenaline that they get from, you know, I might get money, but like I, I, for me, the scene where he talks to Garnett after Garnett pays him for the gym and he talks himself into betting that money is like that's so perfect. Like that's just for me that totally encapsulates Absolutely. why he's an addict. Like because he, he just you can watch him and hear him talking himself into why why it's a smart decision to bet all this money. <laughs> and, and you get the sense that that's not where the conversation was, you know, that's no, not yeah. where the conversation started. Not at all. <laughs> the way he, like, turned it into, and now we should fucking bet on this. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Garnett, you should bet on this. Right. Which would be illegal. Right. Um, it just, uh, like, I think it's all illegal in New York. I don't think you can bet on sports, which is why he goes to a bookie. Right. Um. It's yeah, the the whole yeah, is a mess. The whole, it's a fucking mess. Do you, do you gave it. good time a four as well, eh? What? You gave good time a four also? No, I don't think so. No? Oh, you didn't like good time as much or you liked it more? No, I, I did not like good time as much. Oh, okay. I I think I gave that a three. But um it's This okay is to be, it's okay to be wrong. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um I don't know. So this to me is a movie much like good time, but just in every way better. I think it's better. Uh, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I think it's a superior film, but I think it's like a tighter, I, more mature film. They like, they clearly have, they understand their craft more at this point than they did then. And is that, yeah, it's just much uh, better made in every way. And I, you know, it's not like I want them to go back to making a movie like heaven knows what, but I really, really like heaven knows what, um and and I that is a movie where I did not fail to attach emotionally. So if they could for their next one, if they could have it be like uncut gems, but make it perfectly so that I, JR, can can really just get right in there, yeah. that would be mm. great. You are their audience now. <laughs> yeah. I want I want to be their audience. Mm. All right. And looking at their movies, I totally forgot to watch Goldman vs. Silverman, so I guess I'll do that Oh, soon. yeah, man. Oh, it's yeah. a modern classic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Best seven minutes of yeah, your life, man. We have seven minutes to de- dedicate okay. to that. Kevin? I'm done. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. Uh, okay, well, how I mean, won't. How sorry. many more do you have? I, uh, three, but I don't have to talk about Munich because I already did Munich Rules. Uh, and I won't talk about Glengarry Glen Ross. I rewatched it. I've just been meaning to. It's completely flawless i love glengarry Glen ross i love everything about it everybody's acting is amazing in it especially al pacino and jack lemon just unbelievable <laughs> i mean <laughs> the shit that comes out of their mouths uh mammoth is god anyway i also the the movie i guess i really want to talk about is uh personal problems which is on canopy which i had seen a trailer for it's from 1980 directed by bill gunn um and i'd seen a trailer for it somewhere maybe on apple trailers like a year ago a re-release of it and uh it's shot on videotape in 1980 well i guess probably like 79 Mm. and uh it's uh this story of these uh this man and wife in new york city and they are both having affairs (laughs) and uh it's just kind of like about the the struggles of their relationship and the relationship that they're having with their people they're sleeping with. And it's like two hours and 45 minutes long. It's all on videotape. It's really sprawling. 
there are like scenes that last way, maybe way longer than they need to, but it's just incredibly interesting to look at because it's shot on this, you know, it's not like, it's not like videotape and like, you know, it's be different if it was shot in like 1989, you know, shot in 1980. So the videotape is like this, it's got this nasty streaks and drags and everything Mm -hmm. to all, you know, (laughs) and, uh, the audio is not great. Although it's better than I thought it would be. And, uh, it's just really fun to see New York in the early eighties. Uh, it gets a lot of shots of like street stuff and it's, it's actually like a lot better acted than you think it'd be. It's considering how these people are, I mean, I don't guess they're, they're amateurs, but I don't, they're, they're, they are actors, I guess from like, you know, the theater or something. But, um, this was also a radio play originally. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, they turned it into this and, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's in two parts on canopy. So mm. if you have the time, check it out. It's, uh, it's a real kind of an oddity, but I enjoyed it. I gave it a four. It's got really cool music in it. The music's really good. The score, mm-hmm. and it reminds me of like more than anything. It reminds me of like a Cassavetes film. Uh, even like how Cassavetes kind of like like I, like I said about this, he he kind of goes on too long sometimes. You know, maybe longer than he should. Mm. And uh, but you forgive him because it's Cassavetes. That's fair. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so it reminded me of that, but it's, yeah, but oh, and, and this is a, a all African-American made and casted film. Mm. Not that that is a, I guess it matters because of, uh, I guess that was a unique at the time, you know, to have a movie that's all black people. But uh, yeah, it's a pretty solid picture, I'd say. And Bill Gunn, apparently, this is like his last thing that he did, but he had, he directed a movie called Ganja and Hess. Have you guys heard of this? Sounds familiar. Yes. Yeah, and uh, Spike Lee remade it as The Sweet Blood of Jesus, mm. which I've been meaning to see. But uh, I believe both those films are on Canopy as well. So mm. check it yeah, out. I remember Ganja and Hess used to be on Filmstruck when that existed. Right. Yeah, I remember mm. seeing it there too. I'm sure is where I watched it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess that's, uh, that's it. Let's get in to my pick. The World's Greatest Sinner from 1962, directed by and starring Timothy Carey, and, uh, you know, scored by a uh, pre-Mothers of Invention, Frank Zappa. Yeah. So, Kevin's got to be in, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was funny. Like, when I saw, like, when I looked it up on Amazon Prime, I was like, they made a big deal, like, you know, music by Frank Zappa. It's on the poster and everything. Yeah, I was like, like, is this a Zappa thing that i just somehow missed um but no it's like (laughs) he was nobody (laughs) yeah they're like amazon is definitely advertising frank zappa more than they are advertising timothy carey of course (laughs) who knows who timothy carey is yeah i mean i think it's definitely fair (laughs) timothy carey's a fucking fucking weirdo (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh this is a movie about a uh, an insurance salesman who uh, mm. quits his job because he wants to uh, consolidate power. <laughs> I don't know how to say this. He like he wants to become like God, and he mm. wants to become a politician. And he goes to a and, rock concert and, and learn guitar. Yeah, he goes yeah, to a rock. Yeah. Well, he goes to a rock concert and, and determines the best way to go about this is to become a rock star mm. and learn guitar. But he doesn't really learn guitar. I would say he kind of like just fucks around and makes noise. But yeah, yeah. The, uh, yeah, so, uh, and then, uh, he <laughs> starts a political party, the eternal, the party of the eternal man yeah, and, uh, runs for president. And then he has a crisis of faith and, uh, sees God 
and dies. <laughs> what did you guys think of this movie? It was interesting. I'll give it that. Um, like, personally, I could have done a lot more with the narration uh, from the snake. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like... Oh, look at this guy. It's the weird, weirdest thing I. Like, this is probably the best thing I've had going since the since the fruit incident. Like I love that. Mm. I wanted more of that. Yeah, but the, it's only in like I don't know, the first five minutes, and then yeah, it's in like the first like, like you, little bit. Like you see the they snake. They go back to it in the later, middle, but at some point they they do it like real quick. There's like yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. in the middle, but then yeah, because like kind of like uh, like the narration in a blast of silence, like it's like always there, like given the characters motivations and stuff i could have done with a lot more of that for sure yeah jr do you love this thing i don't, I don't know where i'm at i just don't know <laughs> i don't know this movie broke my brain um it's 75 minutes long and there is a point in my notes where i just stopped writing and i can <laughs> it's like i watched this last night and i have like uh, images and moments from the end, but it, I feel like I can't put it all together. Um, not because what happens is confusing. It's just something um, something entered my brain and decided this movie was too weird to uh, to keep living there. And it removed it for me because <laughs> um, this is like this is made in 1962. Mm-hmm. This is this, this is, is way ahead of its time. Bizarre. This is a fucking bizarre movie. Yeah, for the 1960s. Uh, and that's why he couldn't show it anywhere. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what I was thinking while watching this movie, it definitely reminded me of uh, Elia Kazan's A Face in the Crowd, mm. just with all filters and any sense of morality just completely removed. Mm. You know, they're they're similar in that you know they they both kind of deal with the the unchecked power of the uh, this charismatic figure who rises in society um and you know i thought that was interesting and then i was like i wish this movie was made six years later probably wouldn't have had zappa and it might have been just like another part of like a growing counterculture thing but he could have had real resources to flesh out his ideas sure mm-hmm. um that might have that might have been really cool because this is what i don't know cute I don't want to call it one of the ugliest movies ever made, but it is just so, um, it is so low budget. It's poorly made. I mean, there's no, and there's no getting around that. I, you know, I would I, never I, defend like how, even, like that it looks good or, and I, I mean, it's like, I, I would say I it's borderline incompetent at some point. It's like, I mean, like he's, he shoots certain things and like, there's not enough light in the scene. You know what I mean? You can't see what you're looking I, at, you know, but the, the, the scenes and there are a few of these, especially in the first half of the movie where it's him and someone else or him and a few people in a pitch black room, yeah. with just a, yeah. a light lighting them. I thought that looked really cool. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, otherwise, yeah, this is, there's just but, some, there's you know. there are scenes you can tell where it wasn't bright enough. So they've turned the brightness up like on the, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they manipulated it to make it look brighter. And like that, mm. that's what I mean. It's like, you could tell they don't, fully understand what they're doing <laughs> and yeah. uh and timothy carey probably doesn't care about those kinds of things he's probably more concerned with getting the story made and you know the his performance things like that so mm. can i ask you guys a very serious question sure i love serious questions is timothy carey kevin nealon's dad <laughs> <laughs> he may be <laughs> is he kevin <laughs> nealon's dad 
I don't believe so. I, I have... Kevin Nealon should play him in the biopic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that would be perfect. He's probably older now than at least he was when he died. Casting. You're probably right. <laughs> what? When did Kerry die? He died, he died in 94. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't he like in his 60s? Really? I mean, he started working in the uh, in the 50s. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe he was yeah. older than that. I don't know. He was born in 29. He lived till 94. I don't oh, know okay. what that is. Uh, 65 oh, wow. years. 65. Okay. Yeah. Kevin Neal is not that old. He could still do it. Uh, I also there. This is definitely a choice by Carrie at the beginning of the movie, where he's you know, he's had his vision uh, and is going to quit his job, but he. There are points where I was like, Timothy Carrie would have been, the Walking Dead's best zombie ever, because there <laughs> yeah. are moments where he's just he is just a drone, and you know that, that's that's the point. This. The job is sucking away his soul, but uh, yeah. I I love it. I love uh, I love all his mannerisms. Like any, really, like every line he delivers in the movie, it just makes me want to smile. I just love I just love his <laughs> delivery. I love his the, his accent. The, I wouldn't bother taking out a policy on a funeral because when you die, your body starts to stink. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> just kill it. My favorite line in the whole movie. I, I wrote it down actually. Uh, when he he's he's in the there's he's like this is a good spot for a for a, for a sermon or whatever and he's mm. and he's like he's like uh, give me the whistle got to give him a little of the whistle treatment in <laughs> 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 the whistle treatment <laughs> so good just amazing I love oh, that shit yeah. I started cracking up when he said that I love his sidekick the Hispanic gardener <laughs> that yeah. he takes all the way to to the White House essentially or all the way to Washington yeah just killer but yeah I mean I how I, did I, you I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, just another, you know, good tidbit. Like, how did you guys feel? Um, I guess I'll frame it like this. Carrie is immediately power hungry. Like once, he, like once he gets, you know, even five people to kind of latch on to his, uh, his yeah. philosophy here, he, he becomes very power hungry very quickly and just super menacing. When he's having a conversation with that old woman who wants to donate money to him on the couch, yeah, and then they I make had out. no, I had no idea whether he was going to like strangle that woman or break her neck when he put his hand on her neck, or just fucking make out with her. And I am not sure he made the right choice. <laughs> well, I mean, he does a lot of. Uh, just speaking of the the time period and how this movie was, you know, obviously controversial. And would have been more so had people seen it, you know. Mm. But, I mean, like, the fact that he, I mean, it's, it's implied that he has sex with a 14-year-old girl, right? I mean, like, that's that's part of it. No? Yeah. I don't. Kevin doesn't get this. No? That girl comes to him and says she's 18, and he goes, no, you're not. Tell me the truth. And he, she says, okay, I'm 14, but it doesn't matter. And then they start making out. I mean, he, he like rebuffed her advances at first and then started laughing and yeah. kissing her. <laughs> I have no memory of this scene. Oh, my. <clears throat> See, it's now, not just me. It's it's I mean, I will I will say the movie, it, it like feels very, you know, jumbled up and like kind of, of thrown course. together. So I'm sure. Like, made. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm I mean, I'm I probably saw it. Yeah. No, but did, I, but I certainly I, I don't remember. The, I mean, the I editing that part, the editing is bad you know but i feel like they were just they probably sh- again they probably shot stuff and didn't weren't thinking about editing 
and they got into the editing room and they're like, oh, well, we got to make the story make sense now and carry yeah, himself, yeah. you know, doing blow in the corner or whatever he's doing. And <clears throat> yeah. so they had to cut it together. Yeah. I was reading, um, like, <laughs> on the Wikipedia page under production, it's like one sentence. And it's like, Frank Zappa said that it took, the production took place in El Monte, California. Citation needed. <laughs> <laughs> That that's hilarious. all from yeah. That's all from like an interview that he gave on uh, the Steve Allen show or whatever. Yeah. They have that video on YouTube where he does yeah. music with yeah, bicycles. He's, yeah, he's playing yeah. the bicycle and um and yeah, like he call he calls the movie like the worst movie in the world. They make it sound like he's being genuine there, but when you watch it, it seems like he's kind of joking around. Well, like watching the movie and like listening to like the score, yeah, like like they kind of reflect each other. They're like you know. Like, the score is, like, a lot of, like, um, you know, um, neo, you know, neoclassical stuff where it's, like, a lot of, like, garbled, weird things going on. And there's a lot of that in the movie. And, like, the movie is pretty much the same way. Garbled, a lot of, a lot of things are going on, like, you know, a lot of ideas being thrown out with, like, kind mm-hmm. of a loose theme that's going through it. And... Yeah, so I think I think the music really really reflects that. I want to get back to the themes in a second, but uh, Jr. just talking about how he looks like Kevin Nealon. Uh, I was also thinking. I thought during the film he looked like Trent Reznor when he got the goatee, like, <laughs> he the like soul patch. Yeah, the soul patch <laughs> looks like Trent Reznor. I could see that, but you know, like but tall. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, the I mean, as far as the themes go, I mean. It seems like he's making an obvious commentary on religion and sure. faith. And I was thinking there was some kind of like racial thing going on because at the um at the beginning when he goes to the rock concert like the whole crowd is black. Yeah, yeah. And the singer is white. But I don't know what I don't know 100% sure what the commentary. Maybe it's something about Elvis, you know, how he, like, yeah, like he yeah, stole yeah. the black man the music kind of thing. But um I don't know how how deep that I mean, is. And mm. The race thing does continue like again once he's trying to lay out his political platform with his followers you know oh, yeah. they had that whole conversation of, like we gotta hate somebody oh right. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but then, he, then he decides like, no, we, we won't hate anybody right <laughs> <laughs> that's it's classic I, I think he he says we're gonna be non-discriminatory yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> non-discriminatory he totally he totally fucks up discriminatory but he's amazing but it, probably on purpose <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This is beautiful. Oh, and speaking of this, like the uh, cinematography, such mm-hmm. as it is, um, the there's a there's a shot during that concert where, like, all of a sudden, like the I don't know if you guys remember this, they cut to like all this like kind of like garbage footage, like shots of the floor and stuff. Like you can tell, it's like parts where like the camera like lowered before the shot ended, you know. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly the image is upside down for like five seconds. Do you remember this? I think so. That shit was made. I talk about things I could use more of. I could have used more right, of that right. kind of stuff in the movie because that that really, uh, I don't know, added to the the weirdness of it, the the atmosphere mm. of strangeness. Um, uh, but uh, I also felt like he's God Hilliard. Oh, he changes his name to God mm. about a third of the way through the film. Right, right. And uh, God Hilliard is a lot like Trump. Not to get political, but like, you guys see this? 
Yeah. And that and that the uh, political strategist, the guy who talks to him about how he can, he, I can make you, I can be make you president, and you know, you change your name to God, but I can work, I can work my magic on that too, and all that. That guy's like Steve Bannon, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it really like like, and the fact that he's essentially uh an egomaniac you know he's like i am god mm. but every man is also god and then they even i mean it's really like obvious that you know how how he feels about that which is that he's full of shit because he's literally standing on fertilizer bags while he's making one of his yeah, speeches yeah, yeah. you know and they pan down to show that but uh, i just thought it was interesting like to put it in the context of today like he's a lot like you know if you if you're uh yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a liberal. If you're a liberal and you and you think that Trump is full of shit, then you know he's a lot like God Hilliard. Yeah, I, yeah, mean, I mean, and yes. Terry just yells. Yeah, exactly. He yells yeah, like yeah. like Trump yells, and just kind of nonsense too. Like what he's yelling is just kind of like it's a message, but it's it's just like means nothing. You know? Yeah, it's like you yeah. can be your own God. He doesn't tell you how to get there or what right. how that just, happens. Or everyone's gonna live. Everyone's gonna live forever. Right, you're exactly, yeah. dying. <laughs> Yeah. Right. It's just like if he says something enough, it becomes true, <laughs> yeah. which is essentially what Trump does. Yeah. It's it's really, well, I don't know if it's funny, but, you know, <laughs> 60, 60 years later and it's the same shit. Yeah. So yeah. it's interesting. I mean, it seems like a very uh, cynical movie, mm, you know, yeah. like it's not uh, it doesn't have anything good to say about these institutions like government or, or religion. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, because I think, like, yeah, especially by that time, like, yeah, people were starting to feel a little more like that. Also, uh, the whole every man is a god thing, mm. a lot like the Church of Satan. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's very humanist, uh, yeah. you know, it's kind of what they say. Mm. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm just getting through my notes here. Uh, he has God embroidered on his sleeves. Yeah. Weird choice. Yeah, <laughs> and all all of his followers get F's on their sleeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that about? I don't know. I think it's I think it's F for follower. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never I never understood they, that. They actually call themselves followers. Oh, right. Mm. Uh, let's see. I, I have I have a note here, and I don't know when I made this. Probably near the end. Tim Carey, balls or crazy? Probably both. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, I mean. So the only place I could really find any information or write-ups about this movie was on uh, TCM.com, Turner Classic Movies, because they have um, they've shown this. Mm. They air it every once in a while. Um, in like quotes, uh, the quotes Timothy Carey is being like, "I'm sick of seeing things that are supposedly or called controversial <laughs> or subversive. Oh. I wanted to make something truly subversive." Mm. And he, you know, so that makes me think balls. Yeah. There's a method in his madness. Mm. That's interesting. I mean, he's clearly is though. He's clearly, um, well, I was going to say he's clearly unbalanced at least somewhat because of the, you know, you read stories about his behavior on, uh, the Kubrick films, for instance, where he faked his own kidnapping and things like this. But then you read that it was a, like publicity. He wanted, he wanted attention, you know? So it's like, well, again, method in his madness, right? He's doing, right. doing crazy things, but he wants attention, which is why he's doing them. Mm. And, uh, and that same, yeah, I, I read a bunch about how he like, uh, he was such a scene stealer and scenery chewer that 
like a lot of the leading men around him just fucking hated him. Sure. Like as though he like didn't know his place as in, you know, a, a bit character guy on a film set. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. You can see that in everything he's in, really. I mean, like even when he's in um, <clears throat> uh, fucking uh, Killing of a Chinese Bookie. I mean, he's barely in the movie, but like he's completely captivating. Like he's just his look is so bizarre. You know, he's just got that crazy yeah. long face. Mm. <laughs> and the, at that point, he's got this the gray hair and the huge sideburns and everything. And then he's in um, he plays a small villain part in uh, One Eyed Jacks, the Marlon Brando western. Mm. And yeah, I, I could totally see how somebody would be, you know, like, well, I don't want to be in a scene with this guy. You know, he's just like, yeah. <laughs> again, scene stealer. You know, he's just uh, completely controlling the entire scene. Like, you're not you're not even focused on Brando anymore. It's fucking Brando. Yeah, <laughs> I was just remembering his uh, his last couple of scenes in paths of glory. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking like, God, this guy is just, he's just hamming it up so fucking much. (laughs) It's like, it's ridiculous at this point. Like you're supposed to be feeling for this French soldier. Who's going to be, he's about to be killed for nothing. But like, (sighs) I haven't seen paths of glory in so long. I really need to rewatch it. Uh, But, uh, you'll, I I think you'll see what I mean. Yeah, totally. I mean, I don't know. I really, I really, I like, I like Tim Carey a lot. I, I just, uh, wish he had had a, more, a chance to direct more stuff. He apparently did another film after this called Tweets Ladies of Pasadena, mm. which uh, never got released, and it's, like, impossible to see. You can't see it anywhere. <laughs> and so, you Does know. Does it exist? It exists. I mean, it's even on Letterboxd, but there's no way to see it. Like, I don't know how Not you mean, see like, it. Like, physically. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I'm pretty sure, like, if you go to, like, UCLA, like, their film library or something has, oh, like, okay, a copy. Okay. You can go into a room Some, and watch Someone's got something. the prints. Yeah. Okay, okay. But, I mean, it's not it's not available readily online or anything like that. Right. I actually emailed. Uh, he has an official website that's still running, and I emailed the guy yesterday who runs the website and asked him how to see the movie. I was like, is there a way to see this movie? And, uh, haven't got a reply yet. So, ah. but, uh, yeah. Um, I have a couple of more notes and then we can, we can cut it. Oh, I said, uh, Oh, there, there's a, I don't know if you guys notice this whenever he's, uh, making out with a girl and he's like kissing her feet and he starts kissing her all the way up to her head and it cuts to black when he's on her like midsection. I'm thinking, like, is that because she's naked and they had to, like, censor it? Did you guys notice this? Yeah, I mean, probably. Yeah, that's yeah. What, I don't know. <laughs> not not <laughs> important, just just, just yeah, something I, mean. I noticed. Um, and then I thought it would be a du- good double bill with the master <laughs> because they're, they're both about uh, people yeah. who are, you know, essentially full of shit but maybe start to believe their own shit. And uh, mm. I, like, I like the fact that he... You know, uh, towards the end of the film, he starts to like really have a crisis where he's thinking, you know, it maybe maybe God is real, maybe I'm messing up here, and right, and to figure it out. And I just love the ending so much. I love <laughs> when he opens the door and it's all bright and everything's amazing. <laughs> can we, if we, if we can go back to something related to the kissing thing real sure. quick? When <clears throat> near the beginning of the movie, where he's standing up with no shirt on and his arms are up, and uh, something's going on below the, like the the waistline or below his chest line that we can't see. Did you guys think he was getting like a, a violent BJ? And then it turned out to be his daughter tickling him. <laughs> a violent BJ. <laughs> Cause he was making crazy ass noises. I because, don't, but that's I, because I, he was getting tickled. I but. did not uh, think of it. 
Apparently, I need to watch this movie again. Because uh, apparently, I, I, didn't missed see, everything, I, see, I didn't see like half of it. it Unbelievable. The reveal of him being... T- it was a reveal that yeah. he was being tickled. So I was like, am I supposed to think something fucking weird was going on here? Probably. Because I, because I did. I did think something weird was going <laughs> you on. You thought a violent blowjob was happening. <laughs> a violent <laughs> blowjob. Oh, that's this good. Is a, this is a really going at it, huh? Anyway. Well, you, you know, you, you can't show or... Even you know explicitly mentioned a blowjob in 1962, so he had to do a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, work sure. with his face and <laughs> sounds to to make it clear that he was getting a blowjob, even though he was getting tickled. Right. So, we'll move on. Sorry. Well, uh, I'm out of notes. I mean, I I mean, if it's not clear, I I like this movie a lot. Oh yeah. I would yeah. I verge on loving this movie. Still in uh, your top fifty? Yeah, definitely. Oh, Might okay. have even risen a couple of spaces. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just really appreciate it. Uh, on a uh, just uh, I, I'm I'm of the opinion that he's I agree. There's both. He's he's both got the guts and the balls, but he's also a little crazy. But that's mm. why he's able to use his balls you know to go right, as far right, as right. he goes and i really applaud it i, can I see just think it's incredible and i and i think the commentary is interesting i mean it's it's mm. something that you don't see a lot of i feel like at this time especially not so explicitly you know this kind of anti-religion yep. anti-god yeah. message yeah. so uh i dig it mm. i dig it man it reminds me of a lot of um just thematically like the kevin smith's red state mm. which is a movie about you know this these uh crazy right-wing evangelical cult people and uh at the end they think that god is coming back and you know they hear the horns and everything and you think oh man god's actually going to come back like in the movie and then it's not and it's like how much more badass would this movie be if they just committed and said no you know what in this universe god does come back at the end of this and it just makes no sense why you wouldn't go that direction yeah but uh, that's why i like the way this one goes well, and that's why Kevin Smith is Kevin Smith. Exactly. And that's why Timothy Carey is Timothy Carey. Yeah, that's right. So, ratings? Uh, three and a half. Yeah, I, I don't... Dude, I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I think that I respect the hell out of this movie for yeah. what it is doing at the time it is doing it, but I do not... Like, I did not like it. <laughs> it was not an enjoyable watching experience. Oh, I had um, a blast. But I think I'm going to go three. Because I because I don't know what to do. Mm. It's I, de- you know it's bad, but it it's not bad. Sure, it's definitely not good. Totally. Right, right, right. Just you know, I'm just gonna let God remove this conversation from my head after I have it because I'm not making any sense. I'm sorry. <laughs> I uh, am going to give it a four and a half, which is the same rating that I gave it before. Mm. Um, and, uh, and what, I really like it. What what number is this on your top fifty? Oh, shit, Jr. <laughs> What? I don't remember. How am I supposed to not only look my shit up now? Yeah. Let's see. Hang on. I won't take just, long. You made a list once. You just fucking deleted it. I never knew this again. I've got like 900 lists. <laughs> yeah. Top 50 all right, of all well, time. Here it is. It's not, you know, not that important. No, no, no. It's important. It's number 35. Oh, okay. It's right behind the hired hand, right mm-hmm. in front of under the skin, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably oh, not, it's probably not accurate anymore. I would say I like under the skin more maybe but mm. who knows i don't know it's a good movie I, i'm about to rewatch bad lieutenant also the uh, able for which is my number 40 so mm. a lot of shit could change you know the, i was thinking about this earlier too my the top top it's just the list it's so much in flux man every time i watch a movie i'm like oh this Absolutely. movie's way better than this other movie yeah, yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. no way to keep yeah. an accurate list of this yeah no the the list is like 
it's accurate the minute that I put it together. Yeah. And then maybe not then even like, then uh, though, because I'm like, I, how long has it been since I've seen Magnolia and fucking Carlito's Way? But I mean, I just take it for granted that these are some well, of my favorite you know, films. That's of your all fucking time. fault for including something like that goddamn Carlito's Way. Carlito's in your top Way 50. rules? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a little kidding. Fucking Sorry. De Palma, man. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. Well, that's our show. Uh, next time. Who fucking knows? It's gonna be some Man. rando guest here. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm so picked. Stay like, tuned again. And my my pick of the week is it's inspired by the release of the Invisible Man, which is that's gonna be so irrelevant in a month. I know, right? I, is it is I, it the Invisible Man with Claude Rains? No. Is no. it Memoirs of an Invisible Man with Chevy <laughs> Chase? <laughs> Memoirs of is an that Invisible a thing? Man. Yeah, it's a John Carpenter movie. Yeah, yeah. John I've never seen that. Yeah, I think Christopher maybe, Lee is in that. Maybe I should watch that. Maybe I'll change my pick to that. I won't. What do you, do you want to tell us your pick, or you want to hold on to it? I can tell you. Man, tell um, us. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. So, so my pick for whenever I return, you know, is like because I was inspired by the release of Invisible Man, which I want to see. I do too. It, actually, it, it, I don't know. It will be good. Who knows? But I want to see it. I think it looks pretty um, good. <laughs> it's like a <laughs> Hollow like, Man kind of thing going on. I like that. Mm-hmm. You know. crazy invisible guy killing people. Yeah. Into it. It's the the marketing for the Invisible Man is weird because it's like. You know, it seems like they would want us to think there's a possibility that she's losing her grasp on reality, but right. they make it very explicit that uh, the dude, the Invisible Man, is real. Mm. Um, it's a but, uh, it's a um, obvious uh, commentary on abuse, though, right? Like a woman would, you know, that that nobody's yes. going to listen to her, be, even though she's telling people she's being abused. Nobody believes her, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and and I hope. I hope that works out to be interesting. Me too. Like this guy made Lee, Lee Winnelli made upgrade, which right. is, you know, you could call it trash, but it's really interestingly. I've been meaning to watch trash. it actually uh, for a while. I like uh, what's his face. It's in it. Logan Marshall green. Yeah. So. I mean, you know, it's like a, it's silly, but yeah, it's, sure. it's fun. And, and again, it looks very interesting, mm. but uh, with that and because the closest we've ever come to like really doing real horror is like misery and, layer of the white worm we're uh we're gonna get just uh, a step away from real horror again and we're gonna watch uh robert altman's early surreal horror images oh nice that's on prime also i oh, I, I uh i was watching uh, california split and i was downloading images at the same time and then when i finished downloading it i realized it's on prime and i oh. need to download it at all Nice. Yeah, so. i thought about going with uh, a kiyoshi kurosawa film but i thought i'd spare you guys a few more months before going to that trauma <laughs> anything you want bud anything you want i've always said i'm open to anything i'll watch anything okay yeah. so next time on the show we won't be watching images because jared won't be here so that's like a month away it's a little teaser yeah but uh next time on the show there'll be somebody guesting uh one of the guests that i've talked to hopefully and uh hopefully they have something interesting that they want to talk about and uh God, that really sounds uh, terrible, doesn't it? Like, we don't know what's going to happen, and everybody's going to listen to that episode. I hope, yeah. hope it all works out. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> we have no plans and uh, no teaser for the next episode. Hopefully it's good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, Kevin and I will be here along with a guest. Thanks for listening. Uh, visit our website at filmiac.podient.co. Uh, write to us at filmiacpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and uh, until next time, thank you so much for listening. See you later. Whippoorwill in the willow sings a sweet 
melody riding to riding to Amarillo Amarillo just my rifle holding and me no more cow no more cow to be roping to be roping no more stray no more stray will I see round the bend You look like trash. <laughs> Don't wow. dare just, just dare <laughs> the defender of trash cinema. I'll probably yeah. see Candyman, but I'm I know not you are. <laughs> looking forward to it. That's so sad. <laughs>